Draft Season Podcast, we are back with another NBA Draft 2022 breakdown to discuss one of the high risers in, in this crop of prospects. We're always pro guys getting their bag, but it's always dope to see when guys do head back to school. And you can tell what a, what a, what a summer of hard work and, and training can do to your draft stock. So we are talking about Arizona guard Benedict Matherin Mazo. Um, coming out of another one of these guys, he's um, shot to Canada. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of Haitians over there out, out in Canada. But um, Benedict Maffrey, man, he has a lot of tantalizing tools. Um, somebody who's definitely going to be hearing his name called inside of the top ten on draft night. I'm here. I'm here with my brother, Young Raz. But Raz, without any further ado, thoughts on Benedict Matherin? Bucket, man. Um, I think after watching him this year on the highly touted Arizona team, um, we got to see a bit of his um, his scoring prowess. And, and like you mentioned a bit earlier, you know, we're we're always for some of those players. You know, everybody's has decided now that they have to leave the moment they can leave and get that bag. And I'm all for going to get that bag and taking care of your family. Um, but you know a lot of these players need an extra year of development and and rigorous care that they won't get on the nba bench and you know there's a lot of players that should have went back and he's one of those guys who you know made that decision um pretty athletic guy um you know we're speaking offline he, he's very athletic he's a two-foot leaper um lots of bounce with there lots of power um he he gets to the rim and, and when he gets there he's looking to do damage um he's looking he's not looking to finish softly or or lightly or lay it up he, he's trying to throw it on your head and and as they say on twitter he he has that dog in him and and that's something that you can't you can't measure you cannot measure um you can't measure heart he, he gets to the bucket he's slashed and that first step is very very quick um also somebody who could spot it up and shoot the ball as well his his offense his his ability to score is is something that in this in this class is is it, he might not be the best but he he's definitely top five at it and you know and i i think his his main issue and you know we spoke about that a bit too is his his handle um he's gonna be somebody who's gonna have to tighten up that handle to get these same type of looks he got in college in the nba definitely 100 percent agree with you um has that dog in him see the step that he took in the second year going through the tape and, and looking where he came from the beginning of his freshman season to the end of his, his uh, sophomore season at arizona he turned to a completely different player and the confidence that he showed with his jump shot and he flashes a lot of traits of somebody who should be a pretty good shooter at the nba level a quick and high release he's able to get it off in in a, in a number of different circumstances 38% career shooter from three in college. That's over 316 attempts. So that's a pretty good overall volume for a guy like Benedict. He's aggressive in hunting that shot. Spoke about his finishing. When he's able to get a full head of steam and momentum, he's capable of some real highlight reel and acrobatic finishes at the rim. What else really stood out to you just watching Benedict? His off-ball stuff um, offensively is, is something that you know how you we just spoke about his handle um his handle being questionable and I, that that will hinder some of his 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 productivity until that is tightened up i think where he can compensate for that until that until then is his off ball movement he, he's very adept with backdoor cuts and, and cutting um off the ball um 
moving off screens and, and getting open to get a shot off or get downhill without the defense being in front of him. So I think him being able to to bring that type of energy and that type of movement within the NBA offenses is going to be his current meal ticket until he tightens up that handle. Um, you know, I think his mid-range jump shot, we, we do say the mid-range is dead, um, not over here. He's somebody who's going to pull up and take that. And I think him being able to handle ball handle in the pick and roll is going to be something that's going to be able to take him to the next level and, and reach that all-star status that you just spoke about. Yeah, I mean, with the pickup, with the mid-range stuff, I think he's kind of like a get all the way to the rim or, or a three-point guy. I think they locked him at only around 36 mid-range attempts, and he only made that by like 31%. We talk about these aggressive downhill guards and playing with pace and, and pace variation because at, at the NBA level, if you're just going 0 to 100 and you're trying to go in a straight-line drive, that's not too hard for NBA. NBA teams can scheme, you know, having a guy in the right level to help defense. Um, you know, really tunneling that and shutting that that lane down for you. And the mid-range is not dead. And, and you see the importance of the mid-range game. The closer we get to June and we talk about the, the second and third level and, and the second and third rounds of the playoffs, that's when those shots really become as important because they're going to take away your bread and butter. If I could actually believe in the mid-range shot a little bit more, we usually got a little, like, a little push floater 8 to, like, 12 feet. I think that would be you know massive for his actual game average as a ball handler I, I would say although he prefers to drive to his right he's capable of finishing with either hand prone to getting himself in some trouble dribbling into tight spaces because he has a tendency of picking up his dribble uh prematurely when he's trying to actually read the floor um as a playmaker but what did you what do you really make of his, his passing i mean it's currently capped right by by that handle um I, I do think he has the ability to to be a pretty solid passer um i just think is it is it going to come off of a live dribble probably not so a lot of his passes are going to be stationary that will limit him from a playmaking sense but I, I do think he he's a little bit capped there until he works on some of his deficiencies what did you make of his defense look I wouldn't say it was optional for him, but he 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 play he plays when he has to. But his defense isn't not isn't something that we're going to be writing home about. Um, he does get lost sometimes with ball watching, which is a thing that could be corrected on the next level. Um, you know, that's just being the best player on the floor at times throughout your whole life. Um, you tend to sometimes forget about you know those little things because everything comes so easily to you. Um, Transition-wise, he, he's an athletic enough to where he should be able to be a solid transition defense person. So, again, that's going to come down to effort. And I, I do think that, you know, he's going to have to work on some lateral quickness. But, I mean, look, he has the tools to be an NBA, a solid NBA defender, average NBA defender, like to not be a negative on that end. So he needs to do everything, you know, just with a few other wings in this in this class is just to lock in on his his fundamentals, his technique on the, the defensive side. So there's no laps there. These are kind of the hardest guys to really project in the at the NBA level, because just because you have good defensive tools doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be an impactful defender on that level. He does have quick feet and, and solid reflexes, which allow him to really make, you know, move quick quick hip turns when defending ball screens the level of tenacity on defense i think that definitely waxes and wanes 
just depending on the possession. He's somebody who probably would be a little bit more engaged, the engagement level, particularly off ball. But I think that's usually why when you have these competitive guys, I think sometimes when they're not defending the ball, they can fall asleep. So if Benedict's able to turn into a really good point of attack, making his two-way impact a little more sturdy and, and dependable when he's engaged on defense the ability to like get skinny through screen it gives him a pretty solid base as a point of attack defender uh, but that's just something that he also didn't have to do that a lot at arizona so it'll be interesting to see how a team challenges him with that at, at, at the next level getting into the off-ball stuff with him because yeah i think the off-ball defense like you mentioned is definitely his biggest impediment being a consistently plus defender i think his ability to disrupt shooters when closing out on the perimeter is kind of what gave me a little bit of you know pause with him he has a he's listed with a 6-9 wingspan on top of like we mentioned several times at this point him being a good athlete but the tools aren't as disruptive as you want i was kind of like appalled sometimes going through the film for benedict on defense even like sometimes when he'd be in good position you know, guys would just shoot, shoot over the top of him. And even though he's like lanky and he has a 6'9 wingspan, he wasn't really disrupting guys as much as you would like to see. Improving his positioning might be huge in, in taking that next step for him, for for Benedict. So I think that's my that's my number one thing for him on that end. So, I mean, what, what, did, what else? Did you have any other concerns or swing skills for Benedict when we talk about his projection? No, I mean, I think... I think we, you know, we touched on them all. I think for him, swing skills realistically are going to come from his ability to grasp um, the NBA game. And I think it's it's going to be him. He's going to have to be a film rat um, on the defensive end. And I, and I just feel that offensively, he has the tools to be, if not a plug-and-play rotation piece right now at, at, at worst a prospect you feel very highly about and you know as he works on his handle his offense is gonna is gonna you know continue to flourish I think just defensively if he's gonna want to crack these rotations now and really get the playing time that he believes he deserves he's going to have to give us that effort on defense and his swing skill is going to have to be effort. Pistons at five especially with a team like the Pistons who are closer to I think you know depending on how their how their offseason goes yep. and who they're able to add to that team they're closer to you know being able to fight for a play-in spot in the east um I think a lot of people would agree on that just because that's how good of a prospect Cade Cunningham is but if you throw him off of Cade gonna be able to bring a lot of a lot more of that downhill juice and athleticism that Cade needs in a backcourt partner and I think the shooting is also going to be he's going to be able to space the floor for Cade and I think Cade's also just the amount of catch and shoot opportunity that he would get Benedict is somebody who I'm willing to bet on just because of you know his competitive level what he's shown just the improvement from year one to year two that's going to wrap us up Benedict Matherin video if you did enjoy this video make sure you are smashing that like button to subscribe to the draft season podcast we'll be back with another draft season NBA draft breakdown for your head tops coming soon